And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And I just want to say that we will turn many children in the UK back to the Father's heart. Many. It's, it's coming. And it says, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now it's talking about John the Baptist, but we have heard and we believe that the spirit of Elijah is about to come onto a body of people. And if you don't know what Elijah did, go and read it. Read what Elijah did and how he handed his mantle to Elisha and the power that was in Elijah's words. He stopped the rain from raining in a commodity where water was probably the richest commodity in the land. And he stopped the rain. And at a word, he commanded the rain to come. And it came. But we will have the spirit of Elijah come on you on a bunch of people with power. With power. And it says, and they will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Because folks, we're seeing in our society today where the parents have lost control and the children are running, you know, a mock out there on the streets. But we need to restore the hearts of the fathers and mothers to their children. We've lost that. We've become a fatherless society. Fatherless society. It's not uncommon now to have a man who has been responsible for three other children with three different women. That's not... That's, that's the generation that we're living in. You know, to be faithful to one person is gone. But thank God, you know, we're faithful in here to not just each other, but to our spouses. Thank God we are. But I believe that we're about to see this come on this land and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to be made ready a people prepared for the Lord. And I just believe that was what started us yesterday. And uh, then I saw in the spirit Elijah come into this room at the back there with a staff in his hand with the Lord. And he wanted to anoint us for what's coming and appoint us for what's coming because there was an impartation. Now, I said that two things would have to come up is one, you have to believe. You have to believe and have faith for this. But I believe that we're about to see power unleashed on us here in this place that I said last week that will be a beachhead of a landing of the Lord. The beachhead will be for this area. Then that this area will be a beachhead for Sheffield. Then this Sheffield will be a beachhead for England. And England will be a beachhead for the rest of the UK. We've had far too many revivals. Not far too many. We have not had enough. But we've had so many revivals in this land. And we're going to be given one more chance. One more chance. I don't care what's happening with Brexit. My eyes are on the Lord. And so should yours. Your eyes have got to be on the Lord. And hear what he's saying. I'm going to, the Lord is putting a message into me like I have never known before. I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning. It was unlike me to get up and be out walking the dog just after 7 o'clock. That's not me. You know, especially on a Sunday morning. I don't want to get out of bed and come, you know, get out in the cold. But the Lord has been speaking to me since yesterday when Heidi said to me, Andy, what's that verse? Um, and it says, um, uh, 
about the, the word of God, you know, that it comes. And I said, oh, that's 2 Timothy 3, 16. But yeah, the word of God, the Bible, the word of God is useful for training, correcting, um, reproach, and in righteousness. I can't exactly remember it all. It's, uh, but I feel that word is more relevant to us today than we've ever had it before. I don't know. So, uh, but I just wanted to ask some people to come and share about what happened yesterday because I had my phone didn't stop buzzing with what people were wanting to share. So I want to ask Maureen and Steve to come up and just share what happened. And then I want to correct something, if I'm allowed. Um, well, we left here yesterday, got home, and took about straight out of church and into the pub. That's where we went. And uh, my husband was with us and uh, walked into the pub, sat down. And uh, it was reasonably busy, wasn't it? And um, there was a couple by the bar, and I just couldn't keep my eyes off them. Uh, just kept looking over at them, watching them, and uh, I uh, kept feeling maybe I should get, get up and speak to them. Um, I didn't know. Um, unbeknown to me, Stephen was having the same feelings and thoughts. Um, so eventually I got up and went to the ladies' room, and I was like, okay, Lord, if, if when I go around that corner, this lady looks at me, I will speak to her. So sure enough, I came round the corner and she went. <laughs> so um, a boyfriend, I think he must have gone to the loo or something, she was sat on her own. So I said, um, I need to speak to you. <laughs> so she said, uh, oh, what is it? So I said, um, I just need to tell you how beautiful you are. You are really beautiful and I've been told to tell you that and she said oh what are you a psychic so I said no I'm a Christian I said and um, the Lord's told me to tell you how beautiful you are and she went she was bowled over and she said I had a dream where I'm stood in front of Jesus he's got a shower of pure water and he's washing me in it. He's washing me in this pure water. And a boyfriend came back at that point, and she was saying, tell him, tell him, tell him what you've just said. Tell him I'm beautiful, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I smiled, and I turned to him, and he just kind of looked at me, and he said, well, what have you got to say to me, kind of thing. So I was like, oh, Lord, Give me something for him, because I don't know. And the words that came out of my mouth were, uh, uh, the Lord wants to say to you that you're worth more than you think you are. And as I said the words, his face was just a picture. And he, um, he said, wow, he said, uh, I've been told that before. And I just said, well, that's what I've got for you. And I just want to say God bless. And I turned around on my heels and walked away. 
during the night, I woke up. Well, actually, before I went to sleep, and this ties in what you were saying about the word, Andy. Um, and I prayed, Lord, please let me ingest, let me eat your word, let me drink your word, let, let your word be so in me that, you know, I've, I've eaten it, it's in me. When I woke up this morning and got dressed, I started reading a part of the Bruce Allen book, Gazing into Glory. He was talking about the story of how Abraham uh, sent his servant to get a wife for Isaac. And, uh, th there was so much in it. It was wonderful. But the, the bit that I wanted to say this morning was when Rebecca went down to the well, and started to draw the water for um, the servant, Eleazar. Um, Bruce Allen went on to explain that the water represented, because she had to d go down deep for it, represented the word of God. Well, the word is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he had to ingest the word into himself. And I just thought, wow, that, that's just incredible. Thank you, Lord. Uh, well, yesterday for me, I found it incredibly powerful. It wasn't long after we started that um, I could feel we were actually surrounded by heaven. Um, I can still feel it now. Um, I, do, I just found it so powerful and I felt so close. And Andy said about Elijah coming in, and he told us where he was stood with the Lord. And he says, you know, if you, you should, if you want to, go over. And I could actually feel myself being pulled over. It was absolutely incredible. But something's been added, and I can't exactly put my finger exactly what it is. But something's been added, and we're surrounded by heaven. We really are. And I'm really feeling it now. It's coming closer. It is coming closer. It's intensifying. And it's, I just think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Would anybody else like to share what they felt yesterday? Come on, Jane. Come on, Jane. <laughs> um, when I went over, I said, okay, then what, have you, what, do, you, what do you want to say to me? Um, and the first thing was, was actually what the Lord said to me was, I haven't forgotten, and that was a personal thing. Um, but then the, this morning I woke up, and, and then I kept thinking of my family members, all the men in my family um, from the Second World War. Um, and I texted you, didn't I? I said, my, my dad was in the RAF, my, one of my uncles was in submarines and he was torpedoed three times and sent home on survivor's leave. Another one was in the Navy, he was a signalman. And the other one, whatever, he was another, he, yeah, he was something else. But they all got, and it struck me that they were all men in the same family 
but all got completely different roles in completely different services. And I thought, that's what you're doing with us, Lord. You're just getting us ready. You're positioning us. You're saying, I want you there and you there. And we won't all be the same. We've all got a different call. But then this morning I woke up, and, and it sort of followed on, actually. Um, just going through my head was um, a speech from Henry V. And, yeah, it was the... No, it was St. Christian's Day, oh, right, go, yeah. and it was that about was going to, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I th- so I YouTubed it and came up with the um, Laurence Olivier film. Yeah. And what struck me about that was that film was made in the Second World War as a morale booster for England to go into war, and it was so powerful. Um, I did write it down, but it would take too long to read it out. It actually, no, it wasn't. It was, I have, I've, I've got it with me if you want it. Yeah, I can show you later. Yeah, the, the thing was about we're going into battle. Every one of us is going to get blooded. And if you're not prepared to get blooded, don't go into the battle because it's going to be fierce. And if you're not prepared to, uh, to lay down your life, then don't stand with me. Um, and it, but it was tremendously powerful and encouraging because it was... Because when I was reading it, although it says St. Crispian's Day, I was, I was thinking of the Lord's Day, the Day of the Lord. And it was, stand with me, lay your lives down, prepare to get slaughtered, because some of you will be slaughtered. But when you remember that day that you stood for me, your reward will be great. Yeah, of course you can. Come on, come on, John. It doesn't matter. Just as I was driving here, um, you know these advertising hoardings that flash images up? Um, I just saw one just out of the corner of my eye as I was driving past, and it just said, live boldly. And I thought, well, I haven't been very bold, I must say, but (laughs) it's a message to me anyway. I feel the Lord wants to say over you what he said to Joshua. Be bold, be strong, be courageous, and be of good cheer. Um, there's just something I want to address before we go back into worship. Um, something I just want to get clear, and, and I don't want any sort of like confusion. Um, um, I'm not disagreeing with any, what anybody has said, but I just want to address this issue of, um, I'll read you what the scripture says. That's probably the easiest way. Now, back in 2000, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Back in 2005, um, well, 2003, the Holy Spirit hit me and Heidi like we never knew. You know, it was... It was all-enveloping. It completely, radically changed us um, because we were in a church. We were serving. I was going to become a vicar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the Lord got hold of us, and he took us into the supernatural almost immediately, took us into the supernatural, both you know, in the physical, you know, uh, being taken places and shown things, but also in the supernatural that we woke up to things like healing was for the church today. Yeah, and we went after this like we've never known before. And one of the things that Heidi and I took to heart was out of Matthew 10, verse 7. It says, as you go, preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the dead, raise the dead, and drive out demons. And freely we've received this, freely to give out. And that launched us. That launched us into mission, We went out, we saw miracle after miracle after miracle. We saw cancer disappear off bodies supernaturally, 
instantly. There was no negotiation. It had gone. I saw a man be given a new heart, and he had the medical evidence. We saw so many miracle after miracle after miracle, and we took people with us. And everybody that came with us came under that corporate anointing, and they experienced miracles. So we, we lived that scripture. We never wanted to start a church, never. We thought that we would become itinerant, you know, people going out and, you know, and bringing the revival and, you know, and all of this. We just thought that that was what God's, yeah, absolutely. And we couldn't understand why other people weren't getting on board with this message. And we couldn't stop talking about Jesus to everybody, you know, and, and we would stop people in the streets. We would go out looking, you know, for the one. This is all before the Bethel stuff came in, all before it all came in, you know. We would just go out and we would have words of prophecy. We would go on the streets in Sheffield and we would give, you know, this is what the Lord is saying. And people were being healed. You know, one woman came into a church, you know, that was, had cancer. And she lives literally just up the road here. And she's still alive. But she had cancer and she came up and she was instantly healed. Instantly healed. And can you remember uh, our good friend, um, Pauline, is it? Kay's friend, Pauline. She, she had ME. And I just stood up and I said... This, you know, I didn't know she had Emmy, and I just, in a small little meeting, I just said to her, this is what the Lord says, in Jesus' name be healed. And the very next day, she, she said that she couldn't walk very far without having to sit down, and, and when she got home from a long journey to Sheffield, she'd be in bed for the next three or four days. But she was walking around the station, the railway station, the next day, and she suddenly realized, oh my word, it's gone. The Emmy's gone. I, I don't feel tired. So, so Heidi and I have been on this journey, and this is our story. But you see, I know that God, through that word, you know, that, that, that healing was for us. And I don't want to discourage anybody from going on the streets. But, you know, that, that you should go on the streets, or you should. If, if there is an opportunity to pray with somebody, pray with them. If there's an opportunity to give a word like Maureen did to that lady and, and, a, and a boyfriend, give it. Give it, you know, and ask the Lord, Lord, just, just what do you want me to say to these people? Well, Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, a man of faith, would go out onto the streets and he would say, Lord, who do you want to speak to today? And he would spend all day on the streets and not have spent, said anything to anybody because that person hadn't come along. And so he thinks, oh, Lord, you know, I haven't heard you. So I'm, and, he, and this guy in a cart stops and says, do you want a lift? And he says, yeah, I'd love a lift. And he said, he gets on the cart, and then the Lord says, this is who I want you to speak to. So it's a beautiful story, and, and, and he brought, and he took, the, he took the guy through salvation and repentance. And so that's all good. But you know what? Back in 2012, the Lord said to both me and Heidi, stop. Stop. And I, and I said, why, Lord? He says, because I want to deal with your character. I want to deal with your character. Because of what is coming... Your character is of utmost importance to me. And I want your character to be molded so that you look like me. So we had the nine fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, you know, and all the rest of it. We have all of that. But the Lord wanted to do it to me and Heidi. Why? Because we know there is something greater coming. Where the anointing and the sovereign move of God is going to hit a body of people where salvation is going to become norm. And we're not going to have to. If you have a look at the, the greats like Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards never gave an altar call. Did you know that? 
He never gave an altar call. He said, if you have been saved tonight, meet me tomorrow morning in that field at four o'clock in the morning. And thousands of people turned up. Thousands of people turned up. We are about to have revival. And it's going to be a sovereign move of God where we are going to become like him. And where our character will stand up to the anointing. So when people say to me, but we've already got it. No, we haven't. We've got the gifts of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit, to do the work. But we haven't got the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the age to come. We're not there. So when people say to me, ah, but we've already got it. I agree with them. But there's something so much bigger that's coming to us. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the train. The train is about to pull in. And can I just take you through the scripture to prove this point? Because if Jesus, if it wasn't on Jesus, then I don't want it to know. I don't want it to know. If it isn't about Jesus, then I don't want to know. He's my inspiration. He is the one I want to spend my time with. He is the one I want to spend that pavilion time, that secret place time. Because do you know what? How many people know they're loved by the Lord? Thank God for that. And I'll tell you, if people don't know they are loved by the Lord, I'll tell you one thing. They're not spending time with Him. They're not spending time with the Lord. Because it's in the secret place that He will tell you that He loves you. It's in the secret place that he will hold you and he will tell you, you are my special one. He will give you hugs and kisses like you have never known before. He showers them on me. Showers them because I am the apple of his eye. Because I'm in the secret place with him. I'm telling him how much I love him. How much he he matters to me. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm your instrument. Do whatever you want to me. But I'm yours. And that's not... In the not, not out in front. I'm not like this to you just to put on a show because I'll make it flipping tough for you to stay in a place like this. No. All oh, right, okay. I didn't mean to go on like this. But I, I just, just saying, you know, folks, God is preparing you. He is preparing you. Listen to what the Scripture says. All Scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for what? Listen to these four things. It's useful for teaching us, for rebuking. Why does he want to rebuke us? Because he wants to prune us. He wants to clip us. He is the vine. He is it. And we just want to grow and we want to be fruitful. So he will rebuke us. He will correct us. Because he loves us. And he disciplines those that he loves. He loves us. So he's not going to leave me like I am now. He wants me to come up higher. And then he says, and he will train us in righteousness. So I'm not just right with him through the cross. I'm going up and above and through all of that. I'm going to be God in me, the hope of glory. We sung it on the first song. It's God, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But when you are undone, like this, and your character will match it. I had to die on that cross. I had to be crucified of that character. But the Lord showed me, and he trained me, and he equipped me through the hard times, where I saw all these great evangelists, one of them not far from here, uh, Morris, Nathan Morris. I saw him, and we were there right at the beginning of Nathan Morris, 
Right, we went to his meetings on a Saturday because we were in WAF, because we were the same spirit. And then I saw him launched into this worldwide ministry. And I went onto a golf course late at night and I said, Lord, what about me? What about me? You know, I thought I was going to be doing all of this. And the Lord said, no, get on that. Get on that altar and die. Get and die to that thing about ministry. Ministry, die to it. Because I've got something greater for you. Greater for you. And that has kept me going. So I want to show you this. And I'm not saying for folk not to go and give words of knowledge. I'm encouraging you to. I'm not telling you not to go and pray for people on the street or in your work or wherever you are. I'm encouraging you to. But I want you to know that you haven't got it all. Because then what would we do? Everyone would have it. Is everyone you pray for get healed? No. I've prayed for hundreds and thousands of people that haven't been healed. But I'll tell you now, I'm turning that around. I'm praying for more people that are getting healed. But I'm saying, Lord, send me to the one. Not to the thousands. Send me to the one. And here it is, Lord. If this is Jesus talking, and this is happening in Jesus' life, then I want to pay attention to it. It's, it's in Luke. When, bapt- when Jesus is baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. So Jesus had an open heaven above him. Open heaven. And the Holy, Dis- the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form, like a dove. Everyone could see it. Like a dove descended upon Jesus. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So we know that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. Then we go to to chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And here it comes, folks. I've been in the wilderness. I am not fulfilling everything that God has called me to do by a long way. I'm not even touching on it, what God has put in me. Why? Because he's led me into a wilderness. Led me into a wilderness to be tempted, to be out there, for their heads to be lowered, to say, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? And we have had this time after time after time. But you know what? God has put me in this place. Why? Because I'm taking the high ground. I'm taking these wicker wannabes on. I'm taking the witches and the warlocks on because God has put me in this place. And therefore, I have had the scripture put onto me, the word of God. If God is for me, then who can be against me? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Who should I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Whom should I be afraid? And it becomes what? Truth and a reality in your life. So it doesn't matter what they do. I'm saying, Lord, what are you going to do? Are you with me? Because, folks, why am I saying this? Because God has got his hands upon each and every person here ready for this. And he wants to train you. He wants to equip you. He wants to rebuke you. He wants to correct you. He wants to do these things. Why? Look at this. In verse 14 of chapter 4 of Luke, then Jesus, after being through 40 days and 40 nights, Of all the temptation. In chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power 
of the Spirit. Not the fullness, but the power of the Spirit. Why? Because he can be trusted with it. That's what the 40-day of temptation was all about. It was not for Jesus to pass the test for us, but for Jesus to say to the Lord, Lord, Father, God, I'm here to bring you glory to your name to be glorified in me. And Jesus was baptized in the power and the authority that we are going to take on when we look like him and our character will match up to the anointing. I was around at that time, godly men, really where this guy, this guy could open up every church door was sending him an invite. Come to us, come to us, come to us. He, he, and, and, and I looked at it and God just opened my eyes and I came back from spending time with this guy and I said, Heidi, this, this, I saw this and I saw this and I saw this and I saw this and, and oh my word, and it was all about the guy's character. And I saw what was going to happen, didn't I? And nobody told me. It was in the middle of a hotel foyer in the middle of, the, of, uh, of Kampala in Uganda. And the Lord gave me a download. Why? Not for me to go, oh, eh. it was for me to learn. Don't let this happen to you. Because the Lord, I heard his audible voice when, when this guy was on the stage and the miracles were flowing. He said, Andy, do you like this? And I said, Lord, I love it. He says, why aren't you doing it? Oh, and I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. So next year we were out taking a whole team. The next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. We were out. We went to France. We went to Germany. We went all over the place. Went to Nepal. And the miracles just flowed, followed. But now I feel the Lord is now about to release his power onto us, his power and his authority. Why? So we can equip and train the next generation. Not to be like church, to be bums in seats, because it isn't about that. Because of holiness, there's going to be holiness in the church. There is going to be a fear of the Lord where you are going to be on your face. Listen, that's why I have no people. If you fall, that's got to be of the Holy Spirit. I want to have catches. Because what I want to see is this. If you've fallen, then God is ministering to you so that when you go out that door, you won't switch on porn. P-O-R-N. That when you go, when God deals with you on that fall, you won't go out the door and have an extramarital affair from your wife or your husband. Because God is going to minister to you. I'm tired of all this performance. I'm tired of all this shaking and baking. It doesn't impress me. If you start quivering and doing all this shaking and there's no change in you, that is not the Lord. That's the devil. That is the devil. But if you fall and God ministers to you, and you get up radically changed, that's everything of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the difference? But what is coming to us is just so big and so strong, and it will be so heavy. I am now positioning people. I am positioning people. I'm positioning some of you ready for this, for what is coming. So when Sarah gets up and prophetically dances, she will release something where it won't be preached to. People will fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and be radically, radically transformed. 
Jason will play a wrong note and the Holy Spirit will break out and people will fall and get radically, radically changed. Not that Jason plays a wrong note. But I'm just saying, you know, this is going to happen. We're going to hear the sounds of heaven. There's a prophecy for you. We are going to hear the sounds of heaven in this place where Heidi is playing and then suddenly another sound will come in. Wow, I can feel the angels. Oh, my word, I can feel the anointing. Why? Because God is getting you ready, Barry. Because when you play on the bongos, or I don't know, jembies, congas, 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 bongos, congas, on the congas, you know, you're going to beat, a, you, I'm telling you, Barry, you're going to beat out a war sound. You're going to beat out a war sound that every angel of the Lord is going to come to that war sound and he will be sent out. This place is going to be like that landing craft. Dunk! It comes down and we rush out, but the hordes of God will rush out with us and this place will be a beachhead. I'm prophesying this. I'm, t- I'm telling you this is about to happen. But it's going to be when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. But arise and shine. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will see be seen upon you. Gentiles will come to your light and I will send you. I will say, can you go to this place? Can you? And do you know where the greatest ministry is going to be? It's not going to be behind the platform. It's going to be as you go in the marketplace, as you go into the schools, as you go in the hospitals, as you go into these places. That's where the greatest ministry is going to be. Is that right or not? Am I speaking the truth or not? Because, folks, if this isn't true, then I'm giving up. I ain't about to give up because I've been in it far too long. There is not a plan B. There is not a plan B. This has been plan A from 2003 to now. We have held on to some of the things that the Lord has spoken to us for over 10 years. And this is hard. Hard. Please pray for us. And thank you for those that have been praying for us. Because your prayers enable me and Heidi to stand on this high ground and say, this is of the Lord. Folks, please. I'm going to start speaking to some people. Not, Not so much... Anybody here? So don't get worried. (sighs) But I can tell you by the way that you conduct your lives of how much time you spend with the Lord. Does that make sense? I can tell how much time my wife spends with the Lord. I see it. (laughs) I see it. I know that my wife, when the anointing falls upon her, because I live with her, you know, burps and all. You know, I live with her. She sees the worst of me, but she also sees the best of me. Well, the Lord sees the best of me. But you know what I mean? You know, and, and, and I can tell you, my wife is anointed. She's anointed because she spends time with the Lord. She spends so much time with the Lord. So what you spend in a secret place, and I believe the Lord is calling us to that secret place. I'm not giving up the prayer, by the way. We're in it. We're in it for the long haul. We're into week nine. Do you know, I read today, I won't tell you where I read it, (laughs) but I read today that there there is a church in Holland that has been holding 24-hour, seven days a week since last year in August. Do you know why? Because they had um, some refugees come. And they, they were, they, the, the, the establishment wanted to deport them. And they were Christian. 
they were going to be sent back and persecuted and killed. And the authorities saying, well, you know, we're going to do it. So a bunch of Christians got onto the law, and they read in an ancient law that if you take refuge in a church and there is worship going on 24 hours, seven days a week, then you cannot, the police cannot go on that premises. So they've done that for these refugees, and the authorities have changed their minds and allowing them to stay because a bunch of Christians get a revelation. So we're not giving it up, my prayer partners. So even though I'm, I, I didn't, I forgot to tell you, I wouldn't be able to get your signals up in the hills and stuff, you know, and all the rest of it. But, you know, I enjoy it. So I'm sorry to go on for like this. But I'm telling you now, I'm telling you from the front what is coming. So when somebody says you've got it all, well, then why aren't you healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing the lepers and driving out demons? Why aren't you, why aren't you doing it? But there is a time now that I'm going to stand at a grave and I'm going to, I read Ezekiel yesterday, the valley of dry bones. There's going to be a time when I'm going to be standing at the grave and the dead are going to be raised. And when I said, get up, there are going to be all over. And it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be mostly for the unsaved. You're going to heaven. Praise the Lord, we're going to heaven. But what about those that are going to hell? Tell that to the rich man. But one thing must I do. Give all your stuff away. Come, pick up the cross and follow me. I'm picking up the cross and I'm following him. And I'm not the finished deal. I know you find that hard to believe. I know that, you know, you think that I'm perfect, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. You know, I still the rugby player pops out every now and again. You know, but you know what? I love the Lord. But I want to look like him. You know, forget about, oh, he knows my heart. Well, no, there's got to be a difference in your heart. There's got to be a difference. So I want to say something, you know, to all the men. It's time to clean up your act. It's time to clean up your act. Because of what the Lord is about to do. And ladies... Help us, and we'll help you. We'll help you because we're in this together. I cannot do this without Heidi. I can't do it without Heidi, and I can't do it without you. You know, I, I could quite easily, you know, go into an itinerant ministry, quite easily, you know, and go and set fires ablaze in places. That would be easier. It would be because I'll be in and out and I don't have to deal with all the, the rubbish, you know, and I'm going to address some of that next week, if you will allow me to. I want to speak the truth, but I want to speak it in love. So I, I've got a message that God has bubbled up inside of me. But, I, I, you know, uh, because of what's coming for us and in us, because we are the hope of glory. We are that hope to this broken world. This is the only thing that's going to stop these kids sticking knives into each other. But until that happens, I've got to work with other things. I've got to set up a youth club trying to get these kids off the streets. We're going to set up a youth club. We're going to have the young coming in here. Yeah, and we're going to say, all right, nail it down, because if it isn't nailed down, it might disappear. But we're going to have this. We, we need it. And then, and then until the Holy Spirit gushes forth. And Sarah, you'll be out of a job, because you'll go in there with just a word, a word, and every demon will have to flee. 
Every demon will have to flee because of the anointing that will be on you. I'm prophesying that onto you. I'm telling you now, the psychiatrists will have to tear up their books because there is going to be a new way and they're going to look to the book. They're going to look to this book, the Word. So, Father, I thank you. I'll invite the, the musicians to come up. I want to thank you, Father, because you're speaking truth into us. And, Father, you are preparing us for what you are about to do. Lord, we are in that landing, Beechcraft. We're in that landing boat, and the sea is rocking up and down, and some of us are getting seasick, but we know that we're in a fight. And so we thank you, Father, that we're in this fight with you, and that, Lord, that when that landing comes down, we're going to rear off and tear off onto this beach. We're going to take this place because we're taking it for you, Jesus. But we want to tell you, Jesus, come and minister to our character. Tweak us, correct us, train us in righteousness. Lord, do what you have to do. Teach us in the secret place. Let our spirit man come to the front instead of our souls. Let not our emotions run away, but Lord, let us be filled with your spirit and run with you. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. And Father, I want to thank you. I want to, as your act of worship, this is your spiritual act of worship, is to come and partake of the table. So I want to say to you, Join the service. If you feel compelled, you know, examine yourself. But the Lord took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that I give to you. And then he took the wine. And he said, Father, this is the blood of the new covenant. The new covenant that is through me and in me. And all that drink of it shall be included in that covenant. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the, for the body and the blood that was shed for each and every one of us. And Lord, as we take it, renew our bodies. Renew our bodies. Strengthen our bodies. Cast every sickness and every disability out of our bodies. Because this is your resurrected body, Jesus. You took all the sin you took all the disease. You took all the infirmities. You took everything on your back as it was laid open. And you paid such a high price, too much of a high price to leave us as we are. So I pray now, Father, as we come to the table that you have prepared for us, heal us, deliver us from whatever we need deliverance from. I want to speak to the men. And the Lord is saying, man up. Man up. Man up. Get into the fight. Get into the battle. Know your position in the front line. Be the point of that spear. Ladies, I want you to start sowing banners. I just feel the Lord saying that. Start spiritually sowing the banners of war. The banners of war. 
And if you want to sow a physical one, then praise the Lord. But the Lord is saying, sow the banners, because it's through the banners that will lead the attack. It's the cavard glory of the Lord. Lift up your banners. Lift up your swords. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Just as Isaiah was when the angel came with a coal, put it on my tongue. Here I am. Who shall I send, says the Lord. And Isaiah says, Lord, send me. Send me into the battle. 